Amen. Well, you may be seated now. I, I do need the children to come up, though, because I want to give them a little uh, attention this morning. Uh, so, yeah, come here. Come here. Come here. Okay, I want, I want to tell you guys something really important, okay? So, come here. Come here. And I'm going to need your help, okay? So, did you guys know that God thinks you're special? Yeah? Did you know that he really, truly value, values, values you? Man, I can't speak this morning. He thinks you're great, and he thinks you're awesome. And so let me, let me show you how much. I need you to follow me. So, so God, in many ways, he, he is like a shepherd. And a shepherd, he has his flock. You guys are sheep. If you want, you can make little noises like sheep do. What, what do sheep make? Bah. Okay, so, so he is a shepherd, and he is leading his sheep. But sometimes sheep get lost. Go ahead and just stay right there. Stay right, stay right there. Now, you guys, you guys come with me. You guys come with me. Sometimes sheep get lost. And so he, he's bringing his sheep along, and he's going, and, and then he stops, and he looks, and he says, oh no, I've lost a sheep. And so what he says is, he says, okay, you sheep who are with me, stay here, stay here. I'm going to go find the other sheep, because I, I want all my sheep, and I want to protect them, and I want to keep them. So he's going to go. Now you guys stay there. You stay there, and because he's going to go, and he's going to be looking, and he's looking, and he's going to find his sheep, and as soon as he finds him, he's going to run, and he's going to get him, and he's going to bring him, and he's going to be like, come on, come on. It's okay. I got you. I got you, and he brings the sheep back, and when he does, he throws a party. He says, yeah, jump up and down. Let's go, yeah. He found the lost sheep because he loves each of us so much that he is willing to leave everyone to go find one. Isn't that awesome? Go ahead and have a seat, little sheep. Thank you, guys. We're going to have sheep in the sanctuary today. Go ahead and have a seat. Well, thank you for entertaining me this, this morning. I, I try to, uh, let's see here, okay. Uh, I try to give something for the children uh, when, when we don't have children's church, just so that they, they have a little something-something. You know, it's always good. Plus, I hope that you learn something out of this, too, that we're all sheep. Uh, if you want to make that noise, feel, feel free to. Um, now, last week, I, I, I feel terrible. I had no way to help this, but I feel terrible that we didn't have church because we had no power. Um, the power line got knocked down by a person, and uh, so we were without power. And that is unfortunate because I was going to start recapping everything from what we have been studying in this series, Be Sent. Uh, so I'm going to have to do it today because if you didn't catch the video online, because I kind of did a, a short sermonette type video online, uh, what I was going to do last week, I'm going to recap for you this week. We started the series off with talking about how we need to be present, and that is uh, very, very important because we can't help people if we're not there with them. But then I went on and we, we talked about how we had to engage people because just being with them wasn't enough. We actually had to talk with them and, and meet them where they are and, and begin to work in their lives and find out what are the needs. How can I help you? 
And then, if you can remember way back, it was Mother's Day, we talked about stop stopping. And this was all about don't let people stop you from doing the work that God has called you to do, and don't be the one who stops someone. Don't be a hindrance to other people serving God. And then, last week, I was going to speak about how we need to evangelize. Evangelism is, is, is basically telling a story, and I, and I shared about how it's so simple because it's you telling your personal story. We can share all the facts. We can be, give people all the statistics about God and about religion, but what really makes a connection with people is when you tell them how God changed your life. And so that makes evangelism so much easier because you know your story. You know what God has done in your life, and you know how amazing it is. And so you have been given the best tool to help people know about who God is. And I talked about how we need to work together as a team. I even went so far as to say that we don't work on commission. Uh, As Christians, we don't work on commission. We don't get special bonuses at the end of the month for how many people we bring to salvation. It's a team effort. And so working together by sharing multiple stories helps give a better shape of who God is. And now we move on to N, which is no one left behind. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you have not got it yet, uh, I'm actually talking through the, the words be sent. I'm trying to be clever. I don't know if that's, if that's working, but, but this will help you maybe remember, be sent. Okay, these are the steps to be sent, uh, but, but this is where we're going. Now, Memorial Day weekend, as I was saying earlier, it's a time where we remember those who served, and, and we, we show them a certain level of respect and honor for their service, and especially those who gave their lives. Now, in, in researching a lot of this and, and trying to read about everything, I, I began to think about how in the military they have the phrase, the motto, no man left behind. It started with the Marines, but then it branched out into all the, all the groups. And they believe that. To their core, they believe that. No man left behind. I was reading about one story where they actually, uh, a, a Marine went back to save some guys, and he got shot twice while trying to rescue guys who were injured on the battlefield because you don't leave a man behind. In so many ways, this idea of leaving no man behind doesn't make sense. Because as a military, you have limited number of resources. Someone dies on the battlefield, you can't just resurrect them. And so you have to be smart about how many people you send into battle. But when it comes to one soldier who is injured, needing rescued, they spare no expense. It doesn't make sense because if you have limited resources, why would you waste it on one person when 10 more people might get injured or killed helping that one? But I know if you were to ask anyone who served in the military, is it worth it? Oh, you better believe it is. Because you leave no man behind. 
They become your brothers in combat, and you, you are willing to do anything to help them. And so I got thinking about that and that mentality, and I thought, how great would that be then for us as a church to develop that same model within our DNA? No one left behind. What would change about our, our lives if we actually lived out this idea of we're not going to be satisfied until everyone can hear about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? How would we live our lives differently? How would we speak differently? How would we go throughout work differently if we actually believed we don't want anyone to be left behind? We want everyone to know who Jesus is is. And I began thinking specifically about this one group of people. It's not the millennials like what we saw in the video at the beginning of service. It is a group of people that have now been labeled the Duns. D-O-N-E. Duns. These are a group of people who at some point in time were in the church, but were marginalized told to shut up and sit down, disrespected, mistreated, or just neglected. And so they left. And they said, you know what, this organized religion thing, this isn't for me. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I thought it was all about. Jesus says to love people, and they didn't love me. They didn't respect me. They didn't help me. And so they've walked away. And a growing number of Americans today fall into this category of the duns. These are our injured soldiers on the battlefield. Are we willing then to say no one left behind and do whatever we can to rescue them? To help bring them back? That's the question today. And so... I ask that you please turn to Matthew chapter 18. We'll be looking at verses 10 through 14. When we think about God's idea of value and God's idea of love, uh, we, we know, especially if you read through the book of Matthew, he gives many different examples. In one section, he talks about how, uh, you know, the birds at the marketplace, they're sold for two for a penny, and yet God loves you more than those birds that he cares for and provides for. If, if he loves those birds, how much more than he, does he love you? God has always placed an extreme value on his creation, particularly us humans. And so it is befitting today that we try to see from God's perspective the value of humanity so that we can move forward with this idea of no one left behind. If you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading of God's word today in Matthew chapter 18, 10 through 14. It says, Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. 
So is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Together we say thanks be to God. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, as we look deeper into your word today, as we wrestle with this idea of leaving no one behind and what that means for our lives and how that should impact us, I pray that your Holy Spirit may guide us, spur our hearts. May you place someone who even falls into that category of the duns within us to be a burning coal to say, our work is not done yet. We have people who are hurting. We have people who need us. And we can't give up yet. Guide us today, Father. It is in your holy name we pray. Amen. So the first thing that comes into this discussion is then the idea of respect. Respect is, is paramount when we begin to talk about this idea of no one left behind. Look at verse 10. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. Think about that for a second. God has such value on us as his creation that he has angels in charge of overwatching us and keeping watch of and tallies of saying, okay, this is what's happening to them. This is what's happening to them. And, and saying, hey, you need to step in here, God, because this person's being mistreated or that one's not being treated right. And, and so we have this perspective of God that is very rare of how he interacts with people and what angels are kind of supposed to do. And I know this is not supposed to give a, a full scope of how angels work, but we even read in the book of Acts how the angels come to take care of Peter. It, it's the jobs of the angels to overwatch God's creation. And he places such a value on us that even the littlest of ones, now that translation might vary because some argue the littlest, they're, they're using metaphorically for those who are the least of society, and some will argue that it's actually for the littlest as in babies and toddlers. Either way, it makes sense within our context because usually the babies and toddlers are one of the considered least of our society. And yet God cares so much just for them that they have angels dedicated to watching them. Think about that. So we need to then learn to value what God values. Part of respect is saying, okay, I understand that there is value in this and I need to give it the proper respect that it deserves. This often means that we have to look past what people say or what they do to see what's really happening within their hearts, to understand the pain that they're wrestling with, the, the struggles in their life that they're going through, so that we can actually say, wow, God is really, he, he loves you so much, and you're struggling in this area so terribly. And I want to help, instead of being pushed off by the fact that they're just a bitter person that's always grumpy. Furthermore, it means that we have to learn to appreciate 
our strengths, and our weaknesses. Within the church, we have both of these. We, we understand this. I have strengths, and I have weaknesses. I feel like some days I have more weaknesses than strengths, but that's the way it is. And we have to learn to value both of them equally among all of us. Some of our strengths are not always so apparent. I've been following this gentleman who is on YouTube who uh, he, he is ex-military, and now he's all about trying to help teach, teach people how to defend against people who want to bring violence. And he's done a series for churches to say, hey, how can you help make your church more secure? And so as a pastor who wants to always continue to be improving and learning, I, I watched the, the different videos that he talks about. And one of the biggest gaps that a lot of churches face are the people that are usually called the sheepdogs, the people who have this natural instinct of protection. But within the church, it's so hard to find a ministry that fits them in where they can be protector. But that's a strength that they have. And when they don't have that fulfilled, then they begin to question, well, then do I belong here? Learning to appreciate the strengths of everyone and finding a place for all of these strengths to express themselves is something we need to work at together as a church. But in the same way, we also have to learn to appreciate the weaknesses of others. We have to learn to understand that, hey, they, they're really good at this one thing but don't try to ask them to do this and this because then they become too burdened because their life is already chaotic enough. Okay, fine. That's great. Let them do that one thing. Or maybe they're really good at praying. They're not good at reading. Okay, well, then I'm not going to ask you to stand up and read out of the Bible. I'm going to ask you to pray instead. And appreciating the fact that our weaknesses are also what help define us as people. And oftentimes, we can use our strengths and weaknesses together to lift each other up. So, your, your first challenge then this morning is throughout the next week, I want you to reach that person. You know that person that I'm talking about. It's that person. That person that you struggle with, that person that you don't always get along with, that person that sometimes when you, when you talk with them, you say, oh man, now I really need to go to the altar because that did not go so well. That, that person that can make you want to just get frustrated. Reach that person this week. Find a way to encourage them, to give them words. It might be a neighbor, it might be a coworker, it might be someone else in the church. Find a way to offer encouragement to them. Find a way to, to get a perspective of their life. Because very often, the, the people that we butt heads with the most have some of the best things that we can learn from one another. And we just have to step back a bit to say, okay, how, how is this teaching me? How is this helping me understand more about you and your life and how God is working within you? Now, one of the easiest ways for us to leave no one behind is to not lose anyone in the first place. And I guarantee that as we practice this idea of respect, we will not lose near as many people. We will not have the duns flooding away from our church because we'll be showing them the respect that God has for them. But of course, that's not foolproof. There are still people who will walk away. There are still people who, who will struggle. And so we need to learn to then also extend that respect out beyond the church 
to others so that they too can, tend, can feel that value that God has within their lives. Now, with respect, there also comes the idea that we need to restore something that has been lost. Think of what Jesus says here. He talks about the sheep. They leave. I love it. What do you think? Tell me what you think about this. A shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray. Does he not then leave the 99 to go and search for the one? Of course he does, because they're all valuable. He goes to restore them. As, as a church, we, we, need to re, we need to appreciate the idea of restoration as well, but that often means we have to risk resources for people. We have limited funds, we have limited time, we have limited usage of space, and we have all these things that we need to say, okay, well, if I do this, then I can't do that. Well, that's all fine, but that all comes with the predication of people first, because we're valuing people the way God does, right? And so then we say, okay, it doesn't matter what resources I have to expend. It doesn't matter what time I have to give to this, what kind of dedication. I'm going to do it because that person is of more value than the money that I can have, the time that I can have to myself. And so we risk losing these resources for the people. And sometimes the thing that we most is leaving the 99 good people to go help that one. Sometimes it means that we have to say to our dear friends who are good and who are, are, are okay in their lives and say, you know what, I love spending three days a week having lunch with you, but there's someone who needs me more right now. Can you give me some time to help them? I know we have a good friendship. I know that we have this wonderful, meaningful time, but this person needs something. And, and I only have this much time. Can you let me leave you because you are good so I can help that person who is struggling? Difficult conversation for sure, but one that we need to be able to have because, again, we only have so much we can give of ourselves. But it's not just the fact that we have so much to give. It's the fact that we then need to seek and find. One of the, one of the odd things is that we can't just stand out on the, the driveway here with a megaphone and say, hey, we're here for you. Come, come find us. We're, we're good. We love you. We appreciate you. It, it doesn't work like that. Uh, for some strange, odd reason, uh, that doesn't have quite the, the, the draw to have people say, oh, I guess I should come here. I guess I should be found. No, the shepherd leaves the sheep. He goes to find the one. We have to actually put to action. And what I wrote here as I was thinking about this, it, by doing this, we actually show them the value that they have because we are physically demonstrating the spiritual desires of God. Did you get that? By, by doing this, we're demonstrating the value that they have because we are physically demonstrating the spiritual desires of God. We are putting feet to the words that we say. So, 
I ask you then, who is lost around you? Who is that person that has walked away? Who is that person that, that cannot find the path back to the sheep? Who is that one person that you need to then build that relationship with? Maybe throw some resources at, some time, some money. Maybe have some of your other friendships go on the back burner so that you can build a new friendship with someone else. Who is that person who needs you to go and find them? And what then are you going to do about it? What are you going to do this week to actually build that friendship? Whether it's making up a card for them. I know we have some of the, the card fanatics. Or, or giving a phone call or reaching out, even on Facebook. If it's a, if it's a very, very new kind of friendship, sometimes the very shallow ways of building relationships are one of the best ways to get that ball rolling. So look around you and ask yourself, who is it that is lost that I can reach out to? Who is it that was hurt by the church that I can show that still has value in God's eyes? Finally, then, we rejoice. We rejoice. We, we look at this here. And if he finds it, in verse 13, Truly, I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. Now, with this idea of rejoicing, I, I, I think that we need to understand that failure is an option. Okay? Failure is an option. He says, if he finds. If he finds. Failure happens. As much as we want to, we can't save everyone. And we have to be okay with that. We have to live with the mentality that we're going to save everyone and live with the fact that we will fail with some. And that's okay. It's not right. It doesn't feel right, and that's not what God wants. But it is okay because there is a reality that some will never want to hear. There's a reality that some will never want to accept it. But that doesn't give us the excuse to not try. It doesn't give us the excuse to be lazy about it. And oftentimes, failure teaches us the best. When we reach out to someone and it fails miserably, it can teach us about ourselves. It can be a time of God teaching us about his love and compassion that extends to people who will never accept him. Failure is one of the best teachers you can have as long as you let it move you forward and not keep you back. But when we do have those that we find and we bring back, we need to exp express their importance. Be happy about it. One of the worst things we can do as a Christian is, is we have someone, we reach out to them, we love them, and then they come to Christ and we say, yeah, woohoo, great, come and every Sunday have a seat here and, and stand when you're told to stand and sit when you're told to sit, sing when you sing and, and jump how high, you know, and, and just do that. And that's all we ever give them is, is, okay, great, glad you're here, keep coming so we can tally you as a number. Is that how God values us? Is that how God actually says, I love my people? No. So express how 
important they are. Express how valuable they are. This is why we take these times. After service, we're having a potluck. This is not just any ordinary potluck. This is our end-of-year celebration. Woohoo! Another year! Another year of all of us joining together, worshiping God, serving our community. Another year of what God has done in our lives. And this is a time of celebration to express how important you guys are to the kingdom of God. We need these things. And so, my, my final challenge then is throw a party. Okay? Throw a party. Yes, woohoo! Whether it's pizza and a movie for the teens or, or anything else, throw a party. If someone really comes to be a believer in Christ, we need to celebrate and we need to show them how wonderful it is. And we need to just throw a party to say, you are loved and you are valued. So let's celebrate how great God is and how much he loves you. It's okay to party. With stakes so high as people's salvation, we need to rejoice over every single victory we have. It's not always guaranteed that we'll be successful. And so every success we have, we give glory to God and we celebrate that fact. No one left behind. I want this to become a part of our DNA. I want this to become a model that sticks in our heads so that we think it every step of the way. How, how would your words change today if you believe no one left behind? If you believe that you are the one that can have the responsibility for making sure no one's left behind? How would your actions change to your coworkers, to your friends, to your family members, to your neighbor? How might you speak differently to them if you truly believe that you didn't want any of them to be left behind? What might you do? What might you sacrifice? Maybe giving up a couple hours of TV to go talk to them or giving up some food to go share a, a, a coffee cake with them. If anything, think of it this way. I wrote this down here, and I want to make sure I get it word for word. Someone at some point saw the value God had, they had for you. And so they decided to reach out to you. Now, this might have been when you were a child. It might have been when you were a teenager. It might have been when you were later an adult. But someone at some point said, you have value because God said you do. And so they decided to do something about it, to not leave you behind. And so they step in to make sure you didn't get left behind. If you receive that, and you know how bad a person you are, I know how bad a person I am to have received something like this. If we receive that, then shouldn't other people get that same choice, get that same option? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we 
continue to work through these ideas of being sent, this idea of leaving no one behind, this idea of, of trying to actually do something with the faith that you have given us, I pray, Father, that you help us to take these steps, to respect people, to respect the value that you place on them, even if they're totally strange and weird and not like us. May we learn to value them because they are your creation just as much as we are your creation. May we work on restoring broken relationships, the ones who have been tossed and turned and wrecked by this world and by the church. May we find ways to restore with them the value that they have, to love on them and to show them that there are people who do believe that they have purpose in their life. And then help us learn how to rejoice, to throw a party, to celebrate the fact that you love us. Thank you for this, God. Thank you that people didn't leave us behind. Help us to go then into the future and leave no one else behind. Our most holy, heavenly Father, we thank you that you never gave up on us. <laughs> we thank you that Jesus laid the foundation for no one to be left behind. May we now respect life just as much as you did respect ours. Teach us how to restore those who have been lost. And may we rejoice over every person who comes to know you as Lord. Keep us, protect us, and teach us. Amen.